Damn, what is up, my internet friend? Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What follows is the audio version of an episode of Walking and Talking, which was originally recorded as a video and published on YouTube. I'm transferring all of these episodes over to this audio podcast format to offer you an additional way of listening that should be more conducive to doing other things at the same time, whether that's walking, commuting, doing some kind of work, or any experience you think could be improved by having my extended rants superimposed over it. Although these were originally shot as videos, it has always been about the talking, and while you may occasionally hear me reference something visual, you won't be missing any crucial information by only listening to the audio. You can always go back and look at the YouTube video if you're curious about some visual element. Publishing this as audio in addition to YouTube videos does take extra time, work, and money on my part, so if you appreciate this, please consider supporting me through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett. I'm not running any ads or promotions on walking and talking either here or on YouTube, and I'd prefer to keep it that way. Patron support is the only source of income that I have from this show. As of this recording, I am allowing some ads on some of my Sitting and Smiling videos, but you would be shocked at how little revenue YouTube gives me from that, especially considering the number of ad exposures. I'm fairly convinced that the aggregated damage to my viewers' psyches caused by those ad exposures is nowhere near a worthy trade-off for the small pittance of ad revenue that I receive in return. And yet, I do need to support myself somehow in order to keep doing this type of work. If I had just another $200 per month of patron support, I could completely remove ads from my YouTube channel and spare thousands of viewers the harmful, manipulative, psychological tactics that advertisers tend to use, and still be able to get by. So if you're trying to decide whether or not to donate, that's one way you could calculate the potential utility of your dollars allowing me to keep making these four-hour shows while saving people the distraction and the brainwashing of video advertisements. I also want to ratchet up the frequency and the quality of these shows as well as start a new series, and any small amount of financial support that I get helps enormously towards these ends. As I've said before, I'm an anti-consumerist tightwad who likes to extract every last bit of utility out of the scantest of resources so you can be assured that your donation will go far. You can sign up for as little as two bucks a month on Patreon, and that gives you access to some exclusive content as well. The URL is patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett, and I'll put that link in the show notes as well, in case you want to pause this show and go check it out right now. Lastly, I'd love to receive your thoughtful questions, comments, philosophical treatises and tractates, poems, and low-glycemic recipes at sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. With no further spiel, let's get on to the real spiel. Hello, my internet friends. Welcome to Walking and Talking, a show where I walk and talk. I guess uh, what first came to my mind how to start the, uh, the low-hanging fruit of a way to start talking would be to tell you how I'm feeling and 
actually. Until now. How am I feeling? Um, pretty much, you know, more or less neutral, I'd say. Mildly amused. Um, question of people how are you despite knowing that it's a strange question to ask but I mean I think usually if somebody asks me how I am it probably makes me feel a little bit better uh, just the fact of them asking. The fact that somebody might care to know. So in light of that, yeah, how are you? Tell me how you are. Leave a comment saying how you are. However you interpret that question. How are you? 
to know uh, how you how you interpret that. You know, it could be how you are in the instant that I ask you. It could be how you are um, while in the process of typing your comment. Talking has changed a little bit. kind of gives it some levity. And it could use a little levity, you know what I'm saying? We could all probably deal with a little bit of levity. Ah, no, some people have too much. Some people have too much levity and then they don't have enough gravity. Or gravitas. Seriousness, you know, you need some kind of balance between seriousness and liberty. Like I was gonna tell you, you should take life seriously, and I, I meant it, and then I was like, 
but then, but not too seriously. I don't know. Like that would look differently for every single person. And everybody would have to interpret that very uh, individualistically, very personally. Like living courageously is not is probably in nearly all cases not gonna look like anything you see in the movies. Because that stuff is a really ridiculous fiction. I mean of course we know that. That's what it's for, I guess. So we can kind of uh, reflect our inner struggles on these action movies in which one hero kills a million bad guys. Kill Bill? You ever seen that movie? I hated it. Oh my god, I hated that movie. And everybody that I went to see see it with, all my friends, they loved it. We got out of the theater. We walked out of the theater, and uh, my friends, I looked at looked at each other, and they were like, whoa, like this mind blown look on their face, like, whoa, and like, I thought that they were like. Their mind was blown by how bad, how stupid that movie was. <clears throat> but it was the opposite. They're like, that was awesome. And I'm like, what? That's like, that was like, 
That thing was stooping to the lowest common de denominator.
protagonist uh, ultra noble everyman this episode of Walking and Talking though. Have we, have we sunk so low as to be like reviewing movies? Is that how far we've descended in Walking and Talking from its pure beginnings of being a content, a, 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 a contentless YouTube series. I mean, it's still, still contentless in a sense. I mean, re re reviewing movies, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty empty gesture. But, I mean, so is everything.
I've got, aka you.
like even me. At some point, you gotta stop looking at me.
I'm saying how it's uh, how it's changed. I used to uh, I used to never really reference anything outside of observations about a very immediate perception. Whatever kind of uh, concreteness that walking and talking has attained in our minds, now we're talking about it. Acknowledging that it seems like a thing now, a thing that can be changed thing that can be interrupted, a thing that can be disturbed.
too much unmediated personality to hold attention. Is it just a poor substitute for actual friends?
walking and talking can I fill space with coffee? Because you're not a captive audience. quiet it is. <sighs> I'm just drinking water.
All right, let's get back to walking. This is this is a popular show. Walking and talking. Look at, look at me. I'm famous. I... Ben Bennett am... quasi-famous. What do you think about that? Do I deserve it? Do I deserve fame? What do you think? What do you imagine it's like to be me? Do you think it's more desirable than being you? It's like, to whatever extent, uh, to whatever extent, fame adds anything to my life. There's a whole, like, other, like, deficit that counterbalances it. Deficits in other areas. But, neither of those things are, either, are really, beyond the extent that we we create them in our minds like there's no really like good thing in my life or bad thing in my life and I, I don't know on a certain level there is
like I can't like stop and retire. I can't stop and rest on my my laurels. I can't uh, I can't just stop and enjoy some kind of like enlightened state or something that I've now permanently have. uphill it's hard of who you are or like like to, to the extent that it has any sort of mental solidity to to you it hinders it it limits you well it limits the like
on the other hand, like, why not? Of course, uh, there's a reason for success in the world. It's like, I don't know. And there's a, there's a million different interpretations of what success is, that which you can self-define. Which I, I think you actually have to self-define. Wow, strong sewage smell. People live here. I wonder if I, I imagine they just probably acclimate to the smell and then don't smell it anymore. I think that's what tends to happen. Value systems vary among between cultures and between individuals. And so notions of success are gonna value equally or are gonna vary just as much.
means I have to be a little bit less comfortable. And it's like, it has to do with how I relate kind of materially with the rest of the world. Maybe I've, you know, been like, maybe the tone of my life outside of this experience now is, is uh, indicates to me that it should be more hard-hitting 
peace.
don't I don't know what uh, I don't know what this episode of Walking Talking is doing for us.
was a red bean pie. Have you ever had something like that? I cooked some atsuki beans. You know, until they were they were done, and I, I smashed them up with some dates and some honey until they were this thick paste, and that was the filling. And then I made a crust out of uh, teff flour and uh, I put some powdered uh, mugwort leaf and, and nettle leaf in the crust. The, I had foraged the nettle leaves and dried them out and then I pulverized them into a powder with the mugwort, something that I bought at a Korean grocery store, culinary mugwort. So I put those in the in the dough and I made this green crust that I thought would go well with the red bean flavor. Um, it is pretty good. I think the crust needs a, needs a little bit of adjustment. It came out a little bit too dry.
at the expense of getting hundreds of bee stings.
and they'll also be in gas stations. You can get a bean pie in a gas station for them. I looked at the ingredient list and I'm like, no effing way. I'll make one myself that has slightly more wholesome ingredients in it. But not wholesome enough. But who knows, you know? Maybe this uh, slightly, maybe this like half um, sarcastic rant that I'm going on is uh, in some way making some kind of amends. Will it ever repay? Will it ever repay the karmic debt that I owe to the world for the pleasure of that pie? Who knows? spiel um, to an equal extent that I enjoyed pleasure from the pine.
that, you know, you're not supposed to seek out the submarine. I believe that. It's not that you seek it out, you just, uh, you gotta not avoid the pain when it comes in the process of trying to do good. <clears throat> Am I doing good? I don't know. <clears throat> I wouldn't I wouldn't make any claims of that but then am I am I just uh, am I just actually trying to do further good in my own mind or am I am I trying to am I trying to heighten the degree of good that I'm doing in my own mind by stating that I wouldn't make any claim to doing good. Am I just performing a certain kind of humbleness in order to aggrandize myself? It's really hot. Oops. I hope the wind noise isn't too bad. What do we do, you know? <clears throat> we gotta make our living. We gotta support ourselves 
we got to uh, we got to maintain our own like will and interest in living you know so we got to have some form of joy but then we also got to like figure out how to not do harm in the process and that's hard seems like every form of production is contributing to climate change. So how do you have a how do you have a job and still be uh, doing net positive in the world? How do you take care of your bodily needs without doing too much damage? Even me, you know, I'm going to have to eat after this if I want to stay alive and well. I used to do a lot more dumpster diving, but now the uh, dumpsters near where I live aren't that good anymore. <laughs> the, actually, the last time I went there, it was full of take and bake pizzas and egg and like pre-packaged eggplant parmesan and I was just like uh, I knew that if I ate that stuff I was not gonna feel good health wise and so I left it hoping maybe there's somebody else who's like less nitpicky uh, will find it because I know other people go to that dumpster as well There's a decent chance somebody else picked them up. I gotta not, not start rubbing my skin because then all that like, uh, you know, black grime like starts to like, you ever do that where you like rub your skin and then like those little like 
uh, rolls of like schmutz or whatever like come out you know if you're really really sweaty you're gonna not do that well let's keep walking Kind of nice out here.
Where's the spiritual challenge? I guess it's here. Where's the mental stasis? Where's the stillness? camera turned off but here we are in the park seem to be experiencing some battery issues so we'll see how far we make it equivalent about hanging out in the parking lot of Cirque du Soleil for a couple hours. Uh, compared with being inside that tent. You might even prefer hanging out in the parking lot. I wouldn't pay full ticket price to hang out in the parking lot. I was gonna swim here, but there's a dude fishing. He's like casting his pole right where I was gonna dip in. That's okay. Probably better if I don't swim. 
feel a little sunburnt already. Well, it looks like the uh, battery pack is, is working. I don't know if this is as quite an appealing dipping spot. Where's the rigor? Where's the craftsmanship? We're lacking so much. I feel like I need the stillness back. But why?
I don't know. I don't know what I can do. I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what to do to solve humanity's problems. some kind of non-profit job but I think it seems like a lot of people in that world experience disillusionment anyways like they it's as if they find that job itself is like kind of misaligned with the, the actual doing good part. Like all the, like there's so much stuff you have to do as part of the job that's actually maybe feels like it's doing more harm than good or something like that. Maybe a few people get lucky with their employment and feel like they can be giving to the world and also making a decent living. But think of all that I would have to do to get there. Think of all the moral compromises I would have to make. And then, wouldn't I just be locked into a, a standard consumeristic lifestyle anyhow? The homeless shelter and uh, at, 
and be a, a hospice volunteer. I mean, I guess that's like serving some people who need it, but maybe you need this just as much. feel like I want to solve everything. I'm not enduring right now. I'm enduring something.
<clears throat> but right now this is kind of a video of me chilling. Boring Mind TV. It's like thinking about going back to sitting and smiling TV. Don't you love YouTube?
hot for whiling out. Walking uphill. See what you're missing? made me complacent.
feel the void. Feel the hunger. Satisfactoriness. Dukkha. And it's not like there's not even any kind of intensity happening. It doesn't feel like doesn't feel like there's any intensity of either like suffering or uh, anything else. It feels too normal. You know what I'm saying? Like in a movie where it seems like there's nothing happening so you feel a sense of foreboding. I don't feel a sense of foreboding actually at all. Uh, just just a, a very generalized sense of this here being not enough. Of this experience being not enough. There should be more. There should be some kind of transformation happening. Some kind of catharsis. Some 
interesting development at least. Something more dramatic, like a thunderstorm. Or, or screaming. Like I should be screaming, or I should be having some kind of breakdown. I feel like I should be having, I, I feel like if I were having some form of uh, emotional crisis, or like borderline psychotic meltdown, that uh, this would be better. But just like feeling normal feels like not en not enough. myself to act I mean I mean to act in the, in the theatrical sense to watch YouTube videos. Should at least be, you know, producing something like more in intellectually stimulating. It's not even that. I wouldn't even say that this is interesting. What I'm saying that is, the content of what I'm saying is not interesting. Is it because I'm resisting being interesting out of an idealism, out of, out of an ideal? Or that I'm incapable, or just, is it just that I'm incapable of being interesting? 
I mean, I'm, I, uh, I know that I'm, making a judgment that is not necessarily mine to make. Because whether it's interesting depends on your subjective experience. In, in, a, in a sociological sense, in a, so, a societal sense, uh, it's like, yeah, obviously there's a lot of things we'd like to change. I think, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It seems to me 
and it would also seem to uh, the philosopher Simone Weil that doing harm to other people is a way for the perpetrator to avoid a certain kind of expenditure of energy whether it's like emotional or, or material or whatever or even or even a, a existential or kind of karmic well not not maybe not karmic but you say you feel angry and so you say something hurtful to somebody uh, that act is a kind of uh, lessening of the pain of anger for yourself by inflicting it onto somebody else. So you avoid expending some of the energy necessary to to properly deal with that anger which would entail uh, diving into the anger and actually experiencing it fully and moving through it and experiencing the, the, the underlying void, the underlying emptiness of reality and accepting that and uh, being with it to be in that emptiness rather than the emotional reaction to it of anger and and then worse the the kind of spreading of that onto other people and it's the same way with like material relations. Um, you know, someone could be feeling like a a scarcity of of material wealth, and so they alleviate that for themselves by stealing something from someone else so that the, that scarcity just becomes transferred onto the other person. But this kind of thing happens a lot more uh, in, in various forms of exploitation that are you know, sometimes unlawful, sometimes very lawful. Economic exploitation, where you have a business and you try to extract as much value from people on every end of every transaction that you can 
try to give the least and take the most. And that comes from a kind of like, a kind of feeling of, uh, well, you could call it greed, or maybe underlying that there's like a certain insecurity, but underlying all of those things, at the root of all of that is a kind of emptiness that you're trying to avoid by taking from the world. But those, like, these, these uh, particular perceptions, like the perception of scarcity, or of uh, danger, or of like, you know, of the possibility of not having enough to get by or something. Very often, it's illusory. Very often, it's it's kind of a hallucination. It's like that's built up over this general feeling of emptiness. So the task, the task really that is at hand is to stop building up these uh, emotional, conceptual, material structures over the emptiness. Stop avoiding the emptiness and just to look right into it, look right into it and experience it and accept it and know that uh, it doesn't, it's not really like, it's not the fearful end to you that you might think it would be. In fact, you can go into it and discover that um, by abiding in it, you can actually feel uh, the, the biggest fullness Even though it's, it's not comfortable, but you go into it and you can, you can experience the dissolution of all of the kind of structures of identity of yourself, uh, all that you identified with, all your emotional attachments. can feel a dissolution of those and that is a very liberating feeling. And you know, it's not like it means like bad things are gonna happen to you in your life. Like, oh, hey dear. doesn't mean like leaving your family uh, or like becoming homeless or something like that.
like you don't really, you're not really losing anything. But what it can do is give you the strength and the, the courage and a kind of uh, deeper and, and more unshakable kind of security. It's not so much a security as, as, the, as like you realize that like you don't have so much, you don't have this big self to defend. Like in the innermost sense. have a sort of unshakable spiritual security that can let you actually act more courageously in the world and then you can reassess all the little actions that you make like every little action like is this is this uh, harming someone or not is this harming the world in in any small way? Is it benefiting the world in any small way? In a lot of cases, maybe it's doing some of both, but you got to figure out which are the actions that have more benefit than harm. So you have to have a kind of strength of spirit. In order to, to be like, to feel compelled towards this type of action. If you if you just try to if you just try to do good deeds um, without it without it feeling like you are like just sort of you are just without it feeling like it's it's really just like the only thing that you like, like the thing that you have to do without feeling just like. Uh, compelled to do a good deed as if it were just a normal thing. It's like, um, if you're actually thinking about it as being a good deed in your mind, it's as if you're, you're, you're kind of compensating for something. You are conceiving of this deed as, uh, as giving you a certain sort of like karmic benefit and you're uh, like, imagining it as giving you some sort of benefit but when you are have like aligned your spirit in such a way that that uh, what from the outside looks like generosity and courageousness from your experience just feels like normal 
that's where you gotta get to. Because otherwise, if you're if you're doing it, if you're thinking of yourself as doing charitable deeds as charity, as like offsetting something else, which is so often the case with charity, it's like only rich people, you know, main like rich people are publicly doing these charitable deeds uh, as a sort of like mental. Um, cognitive dissonance reliever to offset uh, the exploitation that they kind of subconsciously know that they're engaging in in order to accrue wealth then you're, you're still doing net harm to the world and anyways <clears throat> also if you're doing even if you're even if you're Let's say even if you're not doing something else that's exploitative or harmful, but but still you just are doing actions and thinking of them as being good, uh, there's a pretty good likelihood that you're doing it in a way that's unsustainable because it requires a certain like energy of resistance on your part like if you feel like you are um, resisting your nature your, your nature in order to do good things um, then it's like that's a kind of expenditure of energy and at the point that that energy becomes totally expended then you're going to like fall back into acting out your nature. That might be greed or, uh, you know, your normal base instincts. So it's like, how do you, how do you, trans, how do you fundamentally transform your 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 nature? I mean. I, I think you, I think that's like kind of about like, you have to realize the illusory nature of yourself, the illusory nature of uh, what it is that you defend and you feed, what it is that uh, feels threatened. So you have you have to delve into the emptiness that underlies that stuff, and uh, how do you do that? It's like look at the pain that's in your life. 
because the pain is like little fissures of the emptiness, like trying to coming up to the surface. You might mentally be attributing this pain towards some outside person or some outside situation, but it is actually a manifestation. Come up on your left, man. Thanks. It's actually a manifestation of your own, of the emptiness that underlies all of your structures of identity. So don't shy away from that pain. Don't reduce it by attributing it to someone or something outside of yourself. But see it for what it is, which is a little crack in the structure of what you think is the self. And just go ahead, go ahead and look at that crack and just like pry it right open and go inside of it. And experience the, the absence of self. Which is uncomfortable and painful and, and could be, I don't know. Could be really intense. Could it could be this horrible experience, but you move. You, you know, sometimes it has to be this like horribly painful experience. But then you move through that. You don't run away from it. You don't cover it up with drugs or alcohol or media. You move through it. And then you realize that the emptiness is no other than a supreme fullness. It's a place where you, you, you realize divinity. And when you do that, that's, that's how, that's how you can fundamentally transform your orientation to the world. Into one that's, that's just very naturally about giving as much as you can. And then it's like, it's not even, you, you don't even experience it as giving because to talk about giving implies that you are a separate self from who you are giving something to. But once you realize that you're fundamentally the same, You are, you are just, you're merely like 
different localities of the same consciousness, then it's not really giving, it's just uh, a natural thing to do. It's like taking care of yourself, where taking care of somebody else becomes the same as taking care of yourself. So it's 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 not about it's not about maintaining an image of being kind and generous. That becomes totally irrelevant. I think it's, it's safe to say that um, the ills of the world are, like the evil in the world is created by this avoidance of that emptiness, of the running away from it, the overconsumption that results in pollution. The um, bigotry, which is bigotry, which is a kind of like uh, harsh, a kind of like overblown defensiveness of a certain identity group that uh, feels like irrationally threatened by anyone who's not in that identity group. Even just like a little uh, interpersonal uh, cruelties is like due to people displacing, um, displacing their own emptiness or trying to.
but and uh, it's hard because like sometimes it's hard to imagine the fullness that can be experienced. give up ourselves. It's hard to imagine it when it's not there. So I think like maybe a really important function of cultural expression of art and music and so forth and of media even is to to give a little taste of the possibility of the spiritual fullness that one can potentially experience in life in the absence of the grasping sort of, the grasping and defensive sort of behavior that uh, we have this tendency to, to do. or like, I don't know, but it's like getting to a place where there's a natural fullness always coming through you so that uh, like hardship is, is not an expenditure of energy. And it, like in that way, it's like, it's questionable whether one would still call it hardship or whether one would still call it pain or whether one would call it suffering. You probably wouldn't 
would not cause suffering. But it's like, at that point, it's like so in insignificant because it's like uh, you're connected to a kind of wholeness where what would, what would otherwise be perceived as difficulty uh, is, is just a natural aspect of the wholeness that you are. So like, I guess, in some ways, like that could be said to cover it all. That is the, the practice of not hiding, running away from, sweeping under the rug. Um, all the all the pains and discomforts. But always looking for their deeper causes until you get to the deepest cause of all, which is like general emptiness of reality and then once you can move once you can accept that and experience that fully you you experience you 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 move through that and like it's not just emptiness 
it's also this profound fullness at the same time. So it's like, you know, that can be applied to all sorts of stuff. Like, you could apply that to the choices of what sorts of YouTube video that you watch. discomfort or you like you have this kind of guilty feeling of of, uh, of watching something because you know it's not like really helping or enriching you in any way YouTube that you could choose to watch that might contribute a, a, a uh, you know that might actually fortify your spirit a little bit that might calm have a calming effect on your mind something useful something that would stimulate deeper insights than you have had so far or, or so, I don't know or that might uh, strengthen that might strengthen the deep insights that you have had and re keep reminding you of them. There's media out there that can serve to keep reminding you of essential truths. That we tend to forget. Something that you you might have, a kind of truth that you might find has been within you all along. It's not. It doesn't seem so much as like a learning something new as a, a realization that you knew something profound all along, but you sort of forgot about it or it just got a little bit covered over uh, with more superficial stuff. We, we, we start worrying about less important stuff sometimes and that kind of just distracts us 
from the fundamental truth that compels us to act righteously. So I tend to, I tend to listen to like, there's like a few podcasts that I listen to and uh, I like listening to, I like watching lectures on uh, philosophy and spirituality and uh, science, psychology, a lot of different subjects. choice whether to be watching YouTube or not. Alright, camera was off for a moment. Not sure why. Let me make sure, I hope this battery pack is working. I hope we didn't lose too much, if anything. I was talking about um, how if you have accustomed your mind to seeking instant gratification, um, and most of us have it at some point, because how would you, how would you really know to do otherwise unless somebody exposed you to this idea? it's going to be harder to do something like sit with the feeling of pain or emptiness in order to to uh, receive the real fruit that comes through that
So I think uh, I think Simone Weil would would call this gravity again. There's like there's a gravity towards these gratifying experiences. You know what I mean? It's like if I'm at a party and there's like a buffet with like tons of really sweet snacks and uh, junk food and stuff, it's probably gonna take me a certain kind of energy to not eat the junk food that's right in front of me. Because that junk food has a certain kind of gravity. Or I should say the experience, the pleasurable experience of eating it has a kind of gravity. But, uh, if you can, I don't know, if you can like hold off for long enough and to be able to, to look through to, to the deeper nature of all experiences, then those things start to lose some of their gravity, actually. Like if you can get connected to this fullness that I'm talking about, that is really a, a fullness just of, of being connected to, deeply, deeply connected to reality, and aware of it on an increasingly consistent basis. Then experiences start to lose their gravity and you don't have to expend so much energy to not eat the junk food. what is on YouTube is the equivalent of junk food. Like this video, it was very difficult in the beginning. about the first half of this video uh, we're kind of working through a sort of torpor a sort of uh, laxness and then about halfway through um, started to notice the sort of discomfort of that you know like sometimes it actually takes 
time to even notice a discomfort or notice a pain that's going on. It could be kind of like happening at a low level. You know, it was a sort of low level discomfort at the kind of like non-hard hitting, kind of uh, leisurely, not very focused nature of what I was saying. And it took, it took me like two hours to, to kind of like, be like, okay, I, like, I'm not, I can't just like, uh, keep going on this way. But it's just like, I naturally started to inquire into like what that was. And it brought up these questions for me of like, what am I doing here? Like, what kind of good am I contributing through this video? Because something felt inadequate about it. That kind of led to a line of, of inquiry, a line of uh, explication or something that that we're currently on that feels a lot more productive to me. But you know, again, it's like I am sort of committing a minor sin by calling it productive, but it's okay, just like as. To, to use that as a kind of example. Like, uh, I mean, it, it, this would be a sin if, if I were like kind of uh, indulging in that. Or like, if, I, if, if the act of, of me like, kind of calling this productive was about, um, self-aggrandizement or uh, adjustment of my image to my self-image to a positive one to kind of cover up uh, any cognitive dissonance that I have but I don't know maybe maybe it could be said that that's what's happening who knows I'm not sure. That's that's it. One interesting question is like, is to exist without cognitive dissonance one and the same as uh, a realization of of no self? Maybe not necessarily. I don't know. Maybe one can exist with. Uh, unquestioned self sense of self but uh, not not have any cognitive distance kind of out of ignorance or something 
unless there's someone who's who's just like supremely innocent out there. But I kind of doubt that because if you, I don't know, for someone to be supremely innocent, they may not, they may not be actually capable of doing good if, uh, if they're not fighting against this gravity of evil. Like I was saying, you have to get to a place where you're not struggling against the gravity because eventually you're going to fall back down. But instead you have to, you have to kind of like connect yourself with a unlimited source But like, like walking and talking, sometimes when I'm not doing it, I'll kind of like, I will conceive of it as something that's hard and a chore to do and don't want to do it. Maybe it takes me a little bit of uh, self-determination to to get over that idea and to get into the act of actually doing it. But once I'm when I'm in the act of doing it, it's like uh, there there may be there may be you know some form of difficulty, but like. It's like that kind of difficulty that's not really difficulty because like 
in this process, I do feel like it, like it connects me with the unlimited source of, of sort of spiritual energy, you could say. And it's not even really, it's not even really like energy coming through so much as it is like, uh, like completing a circuit or something. I don't know, where, where you're just like in the pool, you know? You're in the reservoir. of your life that you kind of know you should change some activity or some habit of yours that you know is harmful but it's kind of intimidating or scary to change it but I just want to tell you that that is that is your imagination right now. That's like your current perspective. That's kind of like the gravity of that habit uh, controlling your mind a little bit. The fear of the fear of the work that it will take. But if you can just like kind of uh, override that a little bit and you only have to override it like long enough to get yourself started towards uh, better habits or, or uh, towards like the positive change whatever it is you realize once you start that work that it's not that bad and you know like maybe like there there might be there might be some darkness that you have to confront at the beginning but once you start doing that work of changing towards a better orientation towards the world It's not so hard because you'll find that it's increasingly connecting you with this fullness. It's increasingly connecting you with the, this reservoir.
but be patient, you know? Because like, think of, like, look at this video. Think of all the banality that we had to wade through for the first half in order to get to this state where it seems like there's some, what's, what's coming out now seems kind of vital. just got to exercise patience. You don't look for instant spiritual gratification. gratification at all. You try to go without gratification of any sort. I mean like it might come and go from your life on its own accord, uh, but you're you're operating on a deeper level. You know, sensual you may, maybe sensual pleasure or displeasure will come into your life, but you're aware of a deeper level of experience where neither of those things are to be clung to or ran away from or covered up. But maybe to some extent um, Actually, like avoiding the pleasure, like is useful sometimes. Like, you know, strategically, don't place yourself in that party situation where you're going to have to ex expend energy to not eat the junk food. If you're in a place where if you're in a, in, a, in a stage where that's going to require expenditure of energy. Maybe later on you'll be in a more solidly rooted place where, where the junk food is, just has no gravity to you. But if you're in a place, you know, where like there's some kind of, some form of addiction. Um, that has a gravity on you. Then you better strategically avoid entering into that gravitational field for a while.
so that you can actually keep floating into emptiness and through emptiness into fullness. a little stand of pawpaw trees up here. Oh, I never saw I've never seen any fruit on these. I always just want to check to see if there's any fruit. see any from my vantage point.
be able to maintain a balance of mind when um, when fucked up things happen. difficult things as kind of surface fluctuations but you still feel deeply moored in reality and so it doesn't shit like you know just these disturbances bad circumstances difficult events in your life they're they're just these uh, surface disturbances they're not shaking your foundation you can see hardship as being connected with its opposite. But you have to keep you have, you have to keep doing that on deeper and deeper levels. Um, because it seems like even as you grow in wisdom and you become deeper moored in reality, still an even deeper hardship that you hadn't experienced before might come and it might feel like it's jostling your foundation. Or you might even times feel totally swept away and unmoored and lost at sea. Because a bigger wave has struck you than you've ever been struck by before but sometimes that's kind of what is necessary to realize a greater depth to to strengthen your foundations at a deeper level I guess for example like bigger a wave is in the ocean, the taller the wave is, 
deeper will be its corresponding trough, its valley. So if you go down in that trough, in that valley that's deeper than you've been before, and it's terrifying and you feel lost, well, now's your time to uh, familiarize with that place and, and start to realize that actually you are still okay there and you can then you can you can set your anchor even deeper because of the new found depth of your hardship Ideally, you become so firmly anchored that uh, it's like no matter what heights and depths come by, you your perspective can you can maintain a steady perspective, a steady and clear perspective. You're, not being moved so drastically by the highs and lows of life, then your perspective can remain steadier, and when it's steadier, it can be clearer. Yeah, that's how It's like the image stabilization of this camera. Getting wiser is like getting better and better image stabilization for your viewpoint of the world. When the picture isn't jumping up and down as much, then it's easier to see.
But I'm not sure exactly how long this is because the video stopped a few times due to some kind of battery issue. But I don't really care at this point. Like at this point, I mean, the regularity of the structure is actually important overall because that sort of, yeah, that, that repeating structure is something that like helps me keep a clear uh, window onto reality. It's something that aids me in, in my patience. It aids me in, in, in not avoiding the pain, pain or, or uncomfortable feelings and aids me in, in sitting with them to move into them and move through them. So in a general sense, uh, sticking to the structure is important. Uh, I don't want it to degrade, you know. I don't want my discipline to become kind of laissez-faire about the duration. If I, you know, were able to get to a state where that structure weren't so necessary for me to um, maintain contact with these subtler mind states, then I would, I would welcome that and would be happy to, to make like maybe shorter videos or something or different, different formats, different ways of using time. I think maybe expanding in that way, at some point, would be good. But as it stands, this, this structure is very beneficial. I have been sharing some of my other uh, experiments in other media, other other ways of expression, um, with the, my Patreon patrons, if you are interested in that and you want to uh, expend some energy in order for me to expend less energy.
maybe it maybe I was gonna say you can donate to Patreon. Or you can you can you can join my Patreon thing. Which is patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett. And that would be awesome. But on the other hand I'm like, what if I just didn't do that? What if I didn't have a Patreon? Would I still be I'd probably would I be alright? I don't know. I probably feel the pressure. I probably feel the pressure to make a buck one way or another. Seems like seems like it's inevitable to impose on this world one way or another. But Like I was saying before, like it could be the case that my perceived need for that is illusory, illusory or it's overblown or something, or it's, it's not as urgent as I think it might be. I mean, it's true, it's not really urgent. It's like not like I'm uh, destitute or anything, or like. in great material need. That's definitely true. Okay, I could probably last a while. You know, I could probably last a while without income. But, I guess like, at some point it would come, at some point I would like, kind of run out. But who knows, like maybe, maybe something would happen in there that would take care of that, you know? Like, maybe if I, maybe, I wonder if I just kind of like, don't ever ask for help and, uh, don't bend to the the, the the monetization thing. Don't don't do the ads. Don't ask for Patreon support. And then also don't don't waste time. Uh, working in an old job or something. I don't know, I'm getting, getting into very relative terms here, getting confused. Like to just kind of like leave it up to fate and, and to go full bore. Uh, I'm not sure how how crazy that would be. Uh, like I have some some sort of intuition that like something would take care of me, you know. But it's kind of like maybe that 
don't know, maybe Patreon is to take care of. Maybe you are the help. so much to the people that have already uh, joined the Patreon thing. And uh, it seems like a good place to end. Thanks so much for walking and talking with me. I know it's been a lot of walking. I'm, I'm so heartened and touched by the strength of spirit that you demonstrate already by getting through this video. All right, until next time. <laughs>